I actually got access to the Millican private GPT. Chat yes. GPT. Yes. And I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, um, I am too. Hey there, Team Millican. The future is here. Artificial intelligence is writing emails, creating pictures, minimizing production errors, and more. As a company devoted to innovation, Millican has established its own artificial intelligence use policy. And our AI Council continues to explore ways that the new technology can be incorporated and used to our company's benefit. Today, I have two information technology leaders with me to discuss what artificial intelligence means for Millican and the future of our company. Tyler Blaus is Vice President of IT and Digital Transformation, and Angie Peterson is our Director of IT Solutions and Strategy. Welcome, Tyler and Angie. Thank you. Hello. It's good Thank to you. have you here. That was a mouthful, and I'm guessing <laughs> this conversation is going to be sort of mind-blowing as we talk about artificial intelligence at Millican. Uh, I feel like my entire life we've been talking about artificial intelligence as something very embryonic, something that's coming. Um, but as I said in the intro, and as I have recently learned um, with my experience with the Millican version of chat GPT, it is here. And it, it is, is here. It is good. And yep. it is also very, very scary. So thank you for joining us today to help make this all less scary and more accessible and help us kind of understand what to do in this world of AI. Certainly. So I'll just throw this out there. What actually is AI and how does it affect us at Millican? It seems like it's so many things. Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence is nothing more than a computer program that is capable of doing what a human would normally do. And there's lots of different types of AI. It's nothing new. It's just gotten a lot of excitement lately. But there's AI that we use in our everyday lives that we just don't even know about. There's things like natural language processing. There's uh, logic-based AI, such as RPA, which we use at Millican as well. And then there's the generative AI, the, the chat GPT, that has gotten a lot of excitement. And the textile division is also using a lot of types of machine learning in, in their division. You yeah, want to talk so to those? Yeah, so for artificial intelligence, we're using RPA. We've had mm -hmm. several successful RPA projects. But where we see a lot of leveraging is around machine learning and what we call computer vision. So we're using imaging technology to be able to see defects that are hard to see by our operators or combining those images with other technologies to help automate processes. Okay, Angie, you're gonna have to even, you, you can insult my intelligence, <laughs> you're gonna have to even go a little bit higher level. What is RPA? Okay, so robotic process automation. There you go. So we <laughs> So we are using robotic process automation to automate routine tasks with our um, systems we use today like SAP, for those who use SAP. Um, to do routine tasks that folks might do a lot through a day. And so it's just a programmatic a way that we can automate that fully. There Any re repetitive task can yeah. be implemented with an RPA tool in order to be able to automate it. Okay, okay. Yeah. So talk to me about, and I'm going to botch the name, you mentioned something that you said helps detect errors in textiles. Talk to me about so that. So there's many categories underneath the whole umbrella of artificial intelligence. One is called com computer vision is the category. Mm -hmm. So it's basically 
taking like what your eyes would see from a camera perspective, but a really high-tech camera that can learn as, as pictures or images are taken. And so we're using it in a couple different ways. We're using it at our Magnolia facility and we're using it at our Enterprise facility. At Enterprise, with the AI and the computer vision concept of that, we're able to take the camouflage fabric from the print range and the technology is able to lift off the camouflage from the fabric so that we're able to see a plain fabric so defects are more easily seen. Oh, wow. And so that's like a game changer for the um, enterprise team in the print range mm -hmm. to be able to improve our quality, to be able to improve the way employees work on the print range, and improve our customer experience. That, that is incredible, and you just reminded me, so one of my favorite stops on the Innovation Gallery Tour over here at RMC is um, the innovation that happened, I'm thinking in like the late 60s, maybe early 70s, um, where washable dyes were invented mm -hmm. um, so that, I don't remember if it was on the warp or the weft, but one of the directions of yarns was dyed with a washable dye so that mm -hmm. folks could more easily detect defects. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the material would then be washed clean. So this is like all these years later. Virtually doing this. That's so cool. Yep. That's so cool. Yep. I love that history of innovation. Um, okay, so that's a great, great example, and you just took me on a walk down memory lane. Um, let's talk about the AI policy. Uh, the AI policy has been one of the things that's gotten the most hits on the Millican Connect Hub. People are super interested in this. I have read it, but I'll tell you, um, even having read it, there are a few things that just sort of baffled me. I didn't understand the whole thing. The AI policy says a lot. Mm -hmm. Boil it down to a few major points for me. What do I need to know from that so policy? First, let me start with why we developed AI policy. Yep. So a lot of the AI tools that are coming out now require moving a lot of data to the cloud, to a third party. Okay. And then with OpenAI coming out with ChatGPT, all of a sudden AI was readily available to anyone every day in whatever they wanted to do. And so we quickly realized that if we're not getting ahead of this and developing AI policy to educate people on the proper use of AI, to use it responsibly and ethically, then we, had, we pose a great risk to, to Millikan, you know, giving, putting our confidential information for Millikan or associate information into a third-party solution. And so that's what really started us down the path of developing an AI policy. And when I think about what it boils down to, it comes down to a couple of points. First off, don't use generative AI without supervision. So always review the results that you get back. Make sure you take a look at it for accuracy and change it for, for however it needs to be done. And then second, it's don't put private information in any public third-party solution. Mm. And so if you have an AI need at Millikan, come to the IT organization, we can take a look at the solution, we can make sure that the company is using the data responsibly, and we can make sure that we're protecting Millikan. So when you say don't use it without supervision, you mean don't just generate text and then put it out there without exactly. actually using some common yep. sense and editing it, 
either Millicanizing it or making sure that it's accurate, Angie? Mm-hmm. So I, I say it like if you know a uh, second language and you're using Google Translate, if you put a text into Google Translate and you do not know that second language, some of the results are not going to be meaningful. Mm. So it might get it 80% correct. Yeah. But you have to know enough about the language or enough about the thing you're asking the AI about mm-hmm. to be able to say, is this proper and correct or is it way off in left field and I can't apply Did it? Did you totally botch the meeting? Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely done yeah. that. My, um, my high school French doesn't necessarily translate. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But it's similar to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it occurs to me, too, this is a great tool. I don't think we should be afraid of it. It's it's great to be able to um, throw something out there and get some ideas back. But as a company, we have standards and guidelines, um, not just brand and comm standards, but also standards for um, representing ourselves with excellence and, and all that. And so really not only is it best to do this, you know, with a little bit of scrutiny, but make sure we go through all the other checks and balances we would always go through whenever we're writing or producing anything. Correct. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So we just talked about a few ways that we're using AI at Millican safely with supervision and with scrutiny. Uh, How can those tips translate to my use of AI in my personal life? Because let's face Mm. it, everybody's going to be trying this out, right? If you haven't already, you're definitely going to. So for me, it's a direct translation. You know, if you have your own personal information, you want to make sure it's secure. You want to make sure you're reviewing the results of whatever AI is being proposed to you. For example, driving and and Waze uses AI. Mm -hmm. You know, you would always do somewhat of a review of the AI output um, or what's being told to you via AI to make sure it makes sense for you and your world and to make sure that you're secure, your well-being is secure, your family's secure. So it's a direct translation. It's just a different... uh, different way than exactly how we right. would do in Millican. AI is only helpful if it takes in a lot of data, mm-hmm. right? So what is that data in your personal life? It's it's you, it's your activities, it's what you're doing on the, on the internet. So just be aware that they're collecting information in order to make the AI work for you. So just be aware of that. So when it comes to Millican-specific AI, sort of that protected company AI, when we put our data into that, is it sort of in a closed system? Okay, so talk to me more about about how that works. Yeah, so we're using Microsoft technology, so we're using their Azure OpenAI service. So when we use the Millican private chat GPT, it's sending the data up into a copy of chat GPT that resides in our Azure space within the cloud. Okay. Okay, so it's it's safe and secure. We can put data in it. There's no, uh, it will not get out to the open models or anything of that nature. So we're able to put more confidential information in it. And is it still gathering data from the public spaces? So for example, is, is my result going to be as good as it would be if I used a public version of it? Of AI? Yeah, the one that we're using is based off of the, the 3.5 model. So it's it's the older technology. It's not the one that's most recently released. 
Every now and then, Microsoft will go through an upgrade process to upgrade it to the latest model. So that is a possibility. Um, so yeah, you, you do get not the most recent, but fairly recent information. Okay. And does it kind of learn Millikan as we use it? It's a closed model, so it's it's not being trained or even tuned at this okay. point in time. So it only knows what it knows, Okay. right? So you can pass information into it. Like you could take a news article that is relevant and you want to summarize it. You could copy and paste that into private chat GPT and say summarize, and it'll take all that information in and come back to you with a summarization. That information is not in the model, but you passed all the information in that it used to build that response. Got it. So I, I was sharing this with you before, but um, that description is exactly what I just did. So just on my first pass um, at, at the Millikan technology, I took part of our net zero white paper uh, mm -hmm. that we issued last year, our position paper, and copied it in and said, can you rewrite this at a fourth grade level? And it was incredible. I really wish I had had that technology on hand last year because uh, it gave me just the coolest, most simplified version um, that I could have used in explaining, and I will use it. So, that's very that's good. Great. Yep, that's Perfect. awesome. All right, so we've all seen movies where computers take over the world, you know, the evil machine. Is artificial intelligence something to be afraid of? I realize I've already said that a few times in this conversation, but I'm, I'm a newbie. So as experts, is this something we should be scared of? So I would say for the textile division, we see artificial intelligence as a, either separately or standalone or in combination with other technologies that will enable huge automation that'll improve our employees' experiences, our customers' experiences, and our cost competitiveness. So we're talking anywhere from what we already talked about with defect detection and improving our quality to helping us move to transaction-free inventory movements in our plants to improving dye formulations at our dyeing and finishing plants. So there's so many applications and some of the initial work we, we've done just peeled that onion back for us to learn enough to really apply AI across many different avenues. That's so so for, cool. for me, it's very exciting. Um, you know, employees should be excited about it. Our customers should be excited about it. And, and all our leadership should be excited about it because we should be able to improve our, our cost while we implement it. So Angie is not afraid. I'm right. not afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid either. You know, AI is going to function within the parameters that it was defined. And yeah, there's probably people in the world who have malintent and will develop AI and use it inappropriately, right? And that's one reason why governments are looking at the regulations that are needed around AI. And a lot of tech companies have stood up and said, we need to slow down until we start to have the right regulations in place. Uh, for me personally, like I said, I'm not afraid of it. It's all in how we use it and how we utilize it, but be aware and educated on you know, how we use it. So back to, you know, don't just use it and take whatever it comes back with, apply some logic to it, fact check, make sure it's valid information and use it appropriately. Sounds like we could apply some of our company values yeah, as well. Exactly. I'm thinking we, we yeah. have to improve our, uh, we have to use it within the standards, the governance and the security, mm -hmm. you know, and if we do that, there's huge potential, but that's the backbone and the framework in which we have to use it yeah. to make sure we're 
personally secure in our everyday lives and Milliken is secure. And to use that innovation with integrity and excellence mm-hmm. is what I hear you saying. Yeah. So that's incredible. What are a few ways that AI is changing and, and sort of shaping right now? What's on the horizon? I'd say the biggest thing is generative AI. So we're going to start to see chat GPT-like functionality coming out in all the major software solutions. So it's going to be coming in Microsoft products. It's going to be coming in Salesforce. Just about every major company out there is going to come in SAP. Every major company is looking at how we integrate that capability into everyday business software. So that's going to be huge. And then the next phase is going to be tuning those models, right? So we already talked about the models, are, they're, they're closed and they're not learning. But the next phase will be how do we take that and start to tune it with Milliken information to make it smarter and use it internally and be more efficient. That's like the dream scenario, it right? Is. Where you plug something exactly. in and it's applying the brand standards and Every, following yep. the style guide and, and making it sound like it's it. our, in our voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Angie? Anything emerging that you're... I'm excited about what I call the computer vision with machine learning. So a lot of what we do in manufacturing and textiles is all around what can our eyes see or what can we measure that our eyes would typically measure. And if we can do that with imaging, either cameras or videos with machine learning, we can improve a lot of things in um, in the textile world. We also excited about using algorithms, it's mathematical algorithms, to see how we can improve um, our supply chain efficiencies. So a lot of those things we're just touching the surface on. We don't even yeah. think about this yeah. AI today. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So what do you see as the future of AI here at Milliken? So other than the, the things that we mentioned, AI is going to play a major part of what we're calling our smart connected factory. Mm-hmm. So AI is going to help give us uh, predictive quality capability, predictive maintenance, be able to, uh, to enable process automation. So we're building out that foundation now. Uh, we're doing a test and learn within uh, Alma, Duncan Stewart, and Live Oak, putting in all the infrastructure to collect the data because you need a lot of data in order to be able to do the automation and the predictive capabilities. And so that's going to be our test and learn, and then we'll we'll look to to scale to other locations across the company. So it's going to make a it's going to be a game changer in the uh, in the operations area. That's so cool. That's so cool. So I already mentioned some of our future items, but we we expect to use AI either individually or in combination with other technologies to really do end-to-end automation of key processes that we think can drive both, like I said again, improved employee experience, improved customer experience related to uh, quality or process flow, and improved cost competitiveness. And that can reach the gamut of the three things I've already talked about or the process automation um, that Tyler talks about. So we feel like in the next year or two, we're going to be making huge um, improvements in key areas around AI. And it'll enable just full automation where AI is, is sometimes the, the cog that makes everything work in the automation uh, space. I was recently in a conversation um, in an HR leadership meeting where we were talking about Industry 5.0 and sort of this 
next iteration of the industrial revolution where we have sort of humans working hand in hand mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. cobots, right? The collaborative mm -hmm. robots, which sounds mm -hmm. kind of like what you're describing. Angie, you mentioned something that ties this to even another one mm -hmm. of our values, our value of people, mm -hmm. which is that it improves employee experience. Mm -hmm. Talk about that quickly, because I think that actually unlocks one of the big fears that people have about AI, which is that somehow it's going to take our jobs away. It's going to, you know, sort of... Um, remove the need for employees doing the work at all. But it sounds like um, what this is doing is actually just removing some of the grunt work of That's the right. employee experience. Is that is that right? For me, that is exactly right. So, um, for example, with AI for uh, what we call uh, defect detection or finding defects on, for, on the camouflage fabric, the operators are more easily able to find the defects. They, there's still decision-making that's needed. They still need their expertise. They still need to be able to have conversations with the other departments mm -hmm. that AI cannot do, but it enables so much faster uh, detection and for them to use their other skill sets. We also see AI where it can be used to automate our uh, inventory movement processes. So if you think about in our warehouses today, where we have roles and an associate is going to pick roles to put on a, um, a shipment for a customer, if the role is not in the exact spot that it's supposed to be in, they have to go search the racks for the roles you know, we could envision using AI, the, the vision system, with other technologies to be able to do automated cycle counts on off shifts so that we can ensure that we have accurate inventory so that then the associate who's looking for the role is more, more efficient in doing their job and knows that uh, there's a low chance that they have to search over on mm -hmm. the left-hand side of the bin, and it's right there in front of them. I need that for finding my key in the <laughs> morning. <laughs> Can we get that? <laughs> so, for, so for me, AI is just a part of both the uh, associate experience as well as helping improve all these other experiences for customer and, and our cost competitiveness, but it's in conjunction together where it's a win-win. That's right, a win-win. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, Tyler and Angie, for talking with us today. Yeah, no problem. Team Milliken, thank you for embracing innovation and the future of artificial intelligence with both enthusiasm and appropriate caution. And thank you for listening to Milliken for Everyone. This has been a Marketing Center of Excellence production. Alan Jenkins is our producer. And once again, I'm Betsy Sigma. Remember, we can make a positive impact that'll last generations and we'll do it together.